Welcome to the PR Moment Podcast. Produced in association with the Marketeers Network. This week on the PR Moment Podcast, I'm pleased to welcome co-founder and executive creative director at The Romans, Joe Mackay-Sinclair. Joe launched The Romans less than four years ago, and already they have a fee income of about three and a half million pounds and employ about 30 people. Joe, welcome to the PR Moment Podcast. Hi, Ben. Joe, you launched The Romans from the bosom of mother. Why did you decide to do that rather than go independent? And do you regret doing that? Uh, Do I regret having the world's coolest agency as my investor? Uh, Absolutely not. Um, I think actually... in fact, if any uh, if any PR startup had managed to persuade Mother to invest in them before we got there, I think I'd be insanely bitterly jealous of them. Uh, I think when it when it came to us launching, myself and my business partner, uh, the brilliant Misha Danak, um, we were looking around uh, town trying to find backers, and we actually had um, a whole range lined up from production companies other ad agencies, um, some of the great and the good of the PR world who are still knocking about now. Um, and I think when when the mother opportunity presented us, it, itself, we just bit their hand off. Um, mm. it was, so, so when did you, how long had you known Misha before then? A little while, a couple of jobs? What yeah, was we, we'd worked together for three years at mm. Citizen. Okay. Um, and then, so from that, you you got together and put together a plan yeah and we we went to mother and you know mother had track record in the field you know they backed naked um saturday poke all of which had been sort of best in class in their field from media to fashion to digital right. all of which had sold for phenomenal sums not that that was something we particularly cared about at the time and i think you ask do I regret it? Like not not for a split second at, at any point. What did it give you that partnership? I think um, so. Aside from the obvious, uh, Wi-Fi that worked, a payroll system, uh, you know, shared services like took, took, took some and, of the pain away. You know that, yeah. that initial bit. I think, but that wasn't really what we, we were that bothered about. I think it was um, an ideological partner. You know, mother okay. share the same values as us. They set out to be the the best, make the best ads in the world. We care about making the best PR in the world. And I think from that point of view, there's no better sort of stamp of, of approval. You know, people saw us launch and it was like mother says, this agency is is cool. We, 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 we rate these guys. Okay. And so that helped you get on some, some bigger pitch, uh, the pitch list, I should say, for some bigger clients in the initial period than, than you would have done otherwise, which I, I would have thought must be true. I can, I can only assume as much. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's a pretty ringing endorsement, and I think it's also allowed us to grow far quicker yeah. than we would have done. I've, I've well, just, just because you didn't have to worry about cash flow, frankly. is that? Uh, well, yeah, and like we were able to, to pick and choose what pitches we went after, and I think I was, I was doing some award judging the other day um, for, for sort of um, best small agency and you look at some of those in that category and there are agencies that launched four, five, six years before we did and their fee income is perhaps say, a, a quarter of, of what yeah, ours okay. is now. So in terms of that turbocharged yeah. um, ability to go from zero to 100 really quickly, yeah, absolutely it did that for us. But also it gave us 
you know, the, the best mentors in the world when yeah. it comes to yeah. setting up a communications business. And they're, they're, they're our mates. Uh, I, I had breakfast with Bob, the, the founder of Mother, this morning. Like, if you're looking for a wise, grey-haired individual to, to ask questions of, like, what, how, how do I do this, Bob? Yeah. There's no one better in the world to, to help with that sort of stuff. Yeah, and we all need that every now and again. You need a bit, you need just to come out of your, your day-to-day yeah, absolutely. and take a step back and think, oh, what am I trying to do here? Okay. Um, but while we're on, Mother, um, and do correct me if I'm wrong here, but I, I think I'm right in saying that, I don't know about none, but virtually none of the Romans' clients are Mother's clients. Yeah. Is that, is that right? Correct. So, and I'm just, you know, just thinking about that. That's quite a statement, isn't it? I mean, that doesn't say much for the need for, for integrated agencies, does it? Um, well, we're not an integrated agency. We're two separate businesses, two separate P&Ls. So at no point in the strategy was there a thought of, I tell you what, they can help us and we can share some clients and, and, and make more revenue, make more make more money. Well, no, believe it or not, it was part of the strategy. Yeah. Um, the strategy was, year one, <laughs> let's stand on our own two feet okay. and make a name for ourselves and go and try and win some business um it's just that that strategy really worked and in year one we won loads of business and then we were conflicted from mother's clients in year uh, two so mother had uh Tanqueray, we had gordon's uh mother had stella we had Brewdog, and it kind of went on like that so yeah we would have loved to have worked with more mother's clients but it frankly just hasn't happened uh yet because we've been out chasing our own leads okay so it's not that you're doing a bad job at cross-selling uh, and more interestingly potentially for, for it's not that there's there's not a need out there for i don't know one-stop shop marketing agencies services it's just that it hasn't quite happened yet it may well do it okay. may well do at some point but it's not something we're trying to force there our to all to, to to essentially they're our minority shareholder so okay. at at the at the service level that's all there is Okay, uh, just while we're on that, then is there because there's there's a, that is a conversation a debate we're having right now as a as a um, as a marketing sector. I think is that what what do the clients want in some, when they're looking to purchase services consultancies? Mm-hmm. Are they looking for specialists? Are they looking for an integrated solution? And I guess it changes depending on the client. But go, go on, what's your what's your pitch on that? Um, well, I think you're completely right. It, it depends on what the client is, who they are. Um, I think I think it's quite rare to find um, a one-stop shop. I think an awful lot of agencies, particularly your big group networks, will say, yeah, we can do all of that. But there's always some bit that's really good and some bit that perhaps isn't quite as good that has to get carried by the, by the other stronger part. Okay. So, yeah, I, I think I can see from a client perspective why there are economies of scale by going with one business. But I think in reality... It's very hard to pinpoint examples of where that has been successful. Okay, and where where are you winning work then currently? You're winning everywhere, mate. <laughs> no, but come on, what's your what's your sweet spot? Um, I, I guess it's clients with a problem to solve. Uh, I, I know I, I, that, that's straight. I can out see you smirking at me, yeah. <laughs> but it's true, right? Like, I think I think it's a bit of a naive strategy to say this year we are going to go and find an automotive client. Because, yeah. because I don't think it works like that. I think clients come to us and they present what problems they've got and we talk to them and we see if there's a, a natural fit with what we care about and what they care about and it, it plays out from, from there. I, I don't think... 
Yeah, but what I'm trying to get my head around is, uh, as a, a consumer PR shop, if that's if that's how I may describe you, um, that's that's got some momentum in the market. I'm just trying to work out how you've done that. I mean, you say consumer PR. We, we don't actually say that on our website. We picked up our first public affairs brief recently, okay. uh, which is a right laugh. Um, how have we created the momentum? I think it's so trite, right? But make good work and everything else follows. Okay. Good people follow, awards follow, revenue follows. But I think as long as all you care about is, is making good work, then I think... The rest takes care of itself. Absolutely. Okay. Now, back on to you. Um, you started your career in digital agencies and then moved into PR. Um, so I'm just intrigued at that how someone with your background decided that a career in PR was for you. For you. Um, I think at the time, digital was becoming quite commoditized. Okay. So um, it was far cheaper to get stuff built in India or wherever. Yep. Um, and by its nature, digital is very restrictive in that your output sits on a digital channel of some, some sort. In the same way that advertising can be seen to be restrictive if your output is only ever 30-second TV spots. Okay. And I guess what really appealed to me was the sheer latitude you get in PR, the ability to be able to, sure, make a website or make, a, make an ad, um, so long as it gets people talking. Okay. And I think from a creative point of view, it's vastly more gratifying when the solution isn't already given to you and you've just got to fill in that box. I think uh, the opportunity to develop stuff that is more innovative, more famous, more exciting, sits in the world of PR more than any other discipline. Okay. And when did so? When did that first job in PR happen? I just it's not that long ago, is it? Uh, that was uh, nine years. No, okay. ten years, eleven years. Right. So it's quite a, you know, that's. That's quite a turnaround from New Boy Joe to, I don't know, I'm not sure you're one of the establishment yet, but you, you know what I mean? That's, you've, a lot's happened in 10 years. Yeah. Um, I, my first ever PR job was, believe it or not, Burson Marcella. Exactly. Um, but as their creative director, right? Yeah, so, correct. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was, you know, an environment I had no idea what I was going into. It was the only PR agency I'd ever met. Yeah. Um, in fact, it's, I, it's I, not a place I can. Knowing you now, it's not a place I can. How can I put this? Imagine that you would thrive, but but you obviously did. I stayed there for years. Yeah, I loved it, and I think my, my housemate at the time was um, Lottie Jones, who is ah, um, currently this, creative this director of, of Freud. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, and she was like, "Babes, you'll fucking hate it." <laughs> and and I had no frame of reference to compare it to. I, I didn't so know. Where was she at the time? She was. I think she was probably at Blue Rubicon. Okay, so um, she did a long stint there then. Right. But it's not like I, I'd ever heard of like Mischief or Shine or all the creative agencies at the time. I just I just met Burson Marstella. And I, okay. I, I guess I'm a person that kind of buys people more than agencies. And I met this great guy called Philippe Pendaris. And I met uh, the CEO of Burson, who was a guy called Matt Carter, who... Um, was the old general secretary of the Labour Party back yep. when Labour were good, yep. um, and we just really got on. Right, and they gave, fell into place. Yeah, they gave me a lot of freedom. Um, quite, it's quite serious corporate work, right? I mean, this is—I'm only ever an observer, right? I, I'm not in there, but it would seem to me that they had a pretty different client base to what you have guys have right now. But well, 
perhaps when I joined, but we okay. we, we, we grew the consumer practice. So which, that was your brief? It was, yeah. uh, it was on the consumer side predominantly anyway? Yeah, Burson insisted on calling it brand marketing. Um, <laughs> and, you know, we, we went out and we started winning some big clients and then we started winning some big awards. And, you know... The, the, the freedom they gave me was incredible. It was great. And they started putting me on these WPP boards and I got, got sent around the world. And for a guy in his mid-20s, it was like, yeah. it was cool. It was nice way I'd only been in PR for, for not very long. So, yeah, it's, it's a, it, it all, the timing was what was good for you and was good for them, it sounds like. It, and it was a really fascinating place. You know, it was the first time I'd ever worked with Tories. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so it was so funny. Every sort of Wednesday at twelve o'clock, the agency kind of ground yeah. to a halt yeah, for PMQs, yeah. and everyone stood around the TV watching it. And mm. it was, there were some XMPs that worked there, and just some seriously. So did you start? People. Did you start watching PMQs, or do you? Like, yeah, I really like, got involved. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Um, and, and so then, you, but then you went from there to Citizen. Is that right? Yes. Um, and you, but you weren't a citizen for that long. You can't have been because, of years. yeah. And then you thought, then you got itchy feet and thought, I want to do that. I want to. You want to be your own boss? Was it? Was yeah, it? Was an ult- yearning for non- uh, to be an entrepreneur? Or what, what was it yeah. all about? It's funny. Actually. Or just want to make some proper money? I was, at, work, I was at a party with one of the, the the finance director of Mother when I was sort of like in my early twenties. Okay. And I said to him, Matt, Matt, I'm gonna I'm gonna start an agency one day. And he was like, All right then. And you know, I think when I called him, it was like he'd always he'd always always expected me to do it. I always wanted to you knew do the call it. Was coming with Citizen. It was Frankie that I bought into Frankie yeah, okay. Corey, who's right. now at Mischief, yeah. and yeah. then okay. Citizen um, was getting sold to a Chinese VC, and it just felt that was the perfect time to to make the move. Okay. Um, now, are there a couple of of a lot of us have sort of there's there's I don't know about sliding door moments, but you know when, when things that you could have taken another path, but you, you, you took a path and seems things seems things seem to work out. Um, are, are there a couple of sort of seminal moments in your career that seem to have influenced the path that you've trodden? Um, so I, I guess when at BM we won our first Lions, right. which was for me incredible. Just off a Introduction via somebody at, at BM who who knew the British Legion client uh, went for a few beers and we had an idea and we took it to them, which was around the two minute silence, um, which resulted in, in us shooting a completely silent music video for two minutes that featured like the great and the good of the UK at the time, from Andy Murray through to Tom York of Radiohead, which was incredible, through to David Cameron also he turned up. Um, and got it into the to the UK charts, and for me that was uh, an incredible moment in my career to get to go to Cannes for the first time and, and get to to win. And I guess for for me that was uh, certainly one of the the real moments in my career that I look back on incredibly fondly. Um, I guess after that, perhaps one of the seminal moments was being on gardening leave. Um, <laughs> in between Citizen and starting at the Romans. And it was that realisation that I absolutely have to work. Like, I'm, uh, okay. I'm rubbish on my own. Really? I found myself, like, doing guided tours of St Paul's Cathedral. It was absolutely, it was dire. You're kidding me. No. Why did you, I, what, 
do you think to go on a holiday or something? Um, I think it was against the terms of my gardening leave to leave the country. <laughs> You're joking. <laughs> well, that's interesting in itself. Why on earth would that be? Just... I, think, I think that's quite standard. Is it? Well, I don't know, man. You're not allowed to leave the country? Uh, I definitely heard that. <laughs> Beggars, but, uh, yeah, who knows what you've been up to for that clause to come in there, uh, but there you go. Um, right, so you... So gardening leave, I, I did that once, and I loved it, I must admit, because you're, you're basically being paid for doing not a lot. So what, what was it? You just you just, you just had this energy and you couldn't get rid of it? I, do, I, I like being around people. Right. I like I like work. Okay. I like being given something to do right. or going and creating something to do. And, I think, and around a golf doesn't cut it for you? Well, all my mates were at work. Right. Um, yeah, okay. So, yeah. A round of golf definitely would have cut it for me um, oh. had I been able to find someone to play with. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. Um, and then go on, a third one. What was the, is there, is there another one? Um, I, I, I guess starting the Romans, right? That's okay. got to be the big one. Um, and I think just that, that moment of walking into our own office where we were sort of masters of our own destiny. It's quite a responsibility though, isn't it? Because a lot of people who start up their own agency do it on their own. You know, they might loan a bit from the bank or, or they might just go to Starbucks and uh, with a laptop and log on to the Wi-Fi and start making a few calls. But you, you know, you're not the only person to do this. I don't want to, don't want to big you up too much. But, you know, it's all of a sudden there must have been, you must have felt mother's eyeballs on the back of your back of your head. Um, you know, you, it, it, immediately you have to start being responsible and, and a bit more grown up and, and, and I suppose pitching and winning some business. Um, there's a bit more pressure there, I suppose. If if there was, we never felt it from mother. Okay. Um, I think they've been incredibly hands off the entire time, except when we wanted their assistance or guidance. They they always are. While the revenues go up, Joe. <laughs> well, yeah. So, t- so touch wood. Uh, I never feel that pressure. Ben. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I think the pressure came from us. You know, you you don't go to a business like mother. To start just another PR agency. Okay. We wanted to make something that had real impact and made great work. And if they were looking over our, if we ever felt them looking over our shoulders, perhaps to make sure that our work was yeah, as good, good as point. we felt it should be. Yeah, and so, because yeah. there's a bit of a reputational risk from their perspective as well, isn't there? They, mother's PR firm has to has to do decent work, otherwise they're going to be scratching their head a little bit, I suspect. Well, yeah, and I, I'm, I'm not sure they would see it that way, but okay. I always wanted to live up to the work that they've made. Right. Um, and so it's it's a way that I always think to myself, is this, you know, would I be embarrassed to show this to a partner at, at Mother? To my mother. Yeah. Or, or indeed to my own mother. Okay. Now, is the... So you just touched on it a bit there, but what... You know, every PR agency thinks what they do is 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 a bit different and a bit you know not unique. That's too much. But but go on, just give me because you obviously that's something you keep coming back to. There's something about your work that you believe is different in a, in a certain way to, to to what else is out there on the market. But just talk me through what that is. Well, no, I don't. I don't think that we have a unique proposition. Okay. I don't think that exists in PR. Agreed. I think we make really really good work that is effective. And I think it's, it stops there. But I think the work that we make, personally, I believe it's the best in the UK. And I think you have to believe that about your own work. But 
as it stands, we seem to be doing... But, but there's not a certain flavour. It's just, you're just saying, I, I will get a, a, a problem and me and my, or my team will sort it to a, 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 and solve that problem. You're not, you're not trying to... There's not an accent that threads all of that work together particularly. No. Okay. And I, I can't think of any agencies no, that, that compete with us that, that have that either. I think okay. it's just make the work as, as good as it possibly can be by hiring the best people we can possibly hire. Okay. Now, you seem to be um, an incredibly positive and, and, and pretty relaxed person, frankly, but that might just be the act you put on f- for me. I, I don't think I've ever really seen you in a bad mood. Um, is, is that the real you? Um, because, th- you know, there must be some pressure, Joe. You're, you've got a, a biggish team now. Uh, you've got some numbers you probably have to hit. Um, do, do you feel the pressure of, of, of building a, a fairly rapidly and expanding business like the Romans? I'm not sure about pressure. Um, and th- and thank you. Uh, I do try and be positive. I think I'm, I'm definitely a combination of somebody who is incredibly competitive, okay, and who is a real perfectionist. But which which are probably really good traits for yeah. somebody that runs a business. Yeah. But at the same time, believe it or not, I'm a massive introvert, and so doing things like talking on a podcast or doing a lecture at a university are things that I find really difficult. Yeah. And so. That's something I have to contend with. There's the sort of competitive side of me that wants to be good at everything, uh, has to work at, at, at being um, better at sort of those kind of public-facing things. Um, when it comes, but, but in a room, you don't come across. Leaving out, leaving aside the present, presentation side of it, in a room, you're, you, you seem to be the guy who's talking to everybody, but it might just be because you're the one who knows most people. I don't know, but, but or, or is that or, or is that just a, think, a think, way you get around it? I think it's something I've had to really work on. Okay, right. um, I remember my my first ever pitch uh, that I led. I must have been like twenty four, twenty five, and I, I woke up at like two thirty three a.m. in the morning. Couldn't sleep, right. so I went straight to the office was sick about six times. Oh, my goodness. And I was just like, I was a, a, a nervous wreck. Went into the pitch, uh, completely fucked my slides up. Um, lost the pitch, obviously. Okay. Um, uh, but every time you do something that makes you feel a bit uncomfortable, you, yeah. get, you get better at it. Yeah, and I think, yeah, yeah. I think uh, stuff like that now doesn't, doesn't phase me, um, whereas in the past it certainly would have done. I think when it comes to pressure about the Romans don't feel tons to be honest i mean I, i'm aware that we're responsible for people's salaries and yeah. rent and mortgages yeah, exactly. but for the time being at least um while we're doing well um i, I don't i don't feel that's that not, kind of pressure. that's not something that sits on you you know what i mean that, that you can that, that, that. absolutely not and again I, I hate to be trite but the solution to that problem is make good work yeah make good work Clients will come to you, make good work. Clients will pay you money, make good work. You haven't got to worry about rent and mortgages and all that sort of stuff. Okay. Um, I, I sort of more uh, uh, from a serious side of things. The clearly you've got a lot of experiences on the creative side of the business. Um, how do you see that that creative process? Is, is it where do you get your in, inspiration from? Yeah. Um. I guess being around people, and this sounds... You're not down a museum every Saturday or something Absolutely like that. not. I mean, well, I, mean, I like going to 
see stuff at the theatre and go to galleries, but who doesn't, okay. right? Yeah. And I, I don't think that necessarily makes you a better creative by being obsessed with modern art or theatre. I just think taking... But there might be some subconscious... You know, I don't know. But go on, you were saying... Yeah, but I, I, don't, I don't think you have to necessarily be an artist to be a no. creative director. Well, it goes back to a bit about what the heart of a creative director is, isn't it? Are you, are you the Yoda in the corner come up with the ideas... Or is your role to facilitate other people to come up with ideas, or, or, or a bit of both? Maybe a bit of both. I mean, I still write ideas, I still write scripts, I still write treatments, um, I still love doing that. And is that, in, you know, it's hard to look at look at yourself in that way, but is that just something you've got, or is that just is that a confidence? Is that a way your brain works? What do you reckon? Um, it's just how I've always been. Um, but I think as I've got older and more experienced, I've become better and better and better at spotting other people's ideas that are good or just missing that one little bit. And I think that's what makes a really good creative director that moment where you see, you hear somebody else's idea and you know that's the right one or that with with a little bit of work, that can be the one. And, that, and the trick is me getting that out of them. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Um, and I think creating that environment where people have the time and the space and the, the right stimulus to create good stuff. And what is that? I mean, that's you know, that's a hard thing to nail in a in a in a, in a quick answer. But what, what does that manifest itself as? I think part of it comes from office culture. Okay. Um, I think part of it comes from what just making the place a fun, a fun place to be. Yeah, I mean, I don't mean like having a foosball table, but you know, just having a, an environment where you are given space to go out the office, go to the pub, go to the park. Right. Go to a gallery, sure. Um, I think not being overloaded with 80 briefs at one time means that you don't feel the pressure to respond to them. Yeah. Having people around you that you're able to bounce ideas off. Um, I mean, we, we, we have a, a an ever-growing creative department at the Romans um, where there are full-time people whose job it is to have ideas. But everybody else at the Romans is also required to have ideas too. And I think people work best when they are in pairs um, and are working together to solve a problem. Okay. Um, so it's actually just it's a, it's a cultural thing, really, rather than a... Uh, I don't know, you don't have a... We don't have, a, don't pain, have a patented, trademarked well, name or process. It feels a bit 90s. No. <laughs> I wasn't suggesting <laughs> you did. But, okay, I can see where you're going. Now, I heard... Uh, it might have been from your good self that after the Pyramid Awards this year, you had to cancel a pitch um, the next day because you and the team went on an all-nighter. Um, but and I thought that was quite an interesting insight into the culture of the Romans, kind of related to the. Well, first of all, is that true? Is that, is that... Uh, I can confirm. Okay, but it's what I quite like about that is a that you did it, b that you could do it, um, and I suppose c that you just called the client up, presumably, or the potential client up, and said. We've all gone and got pissed off an award win. I, I We're going to have to reschedule. I, I sent an email, actually. I, I, I bottled it. Um, <laughs> I, you, know, you, you asked me a minute ago about seminal moments. For us, like, winning not just best new or best small, but best agency at PR Moment was a huge, huge moment for us. Right. Because we were only three years old at the time. And to have gone from having no revenue, no clients no staff to winning agency of the year for us was huge yeah and so yeah we did go out um i did send an email to the client uh, i did reschedule the pitch we did then subsequently lose the pitch yeah. um 
And you know what? <laughs> Fair on them because I think I'd be less inclined to employ us if we cancel a pitch first yeah. in the morning. Oh, right. So it, wasn't, it didn't have. I thought it might be one of those where it had a nice happy ending. It would have been a great. It's and a far better story, up, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> you know what? Next time I tell that story, I'm going to win that pitch. Did, did you did you, did you ask for feedback as to why you didn't win? <laughs> Timekeeping, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, one of the other things I quite like. Um, I don't know. I get. I, I don't think it came from your good self. Was it the sort of the Romans are the the mill wall of PR? Um, no one likes us and we don't care but I get the feeling that's changed a bit right you seem to have a bit more um, I think everyone likes us don't they what are you saying well I think you, you told me that so <laughs> um, I, I think I think there was perhaps a time in our in our formative years it's quite a powerful thing when you're, when you're starting up isn't it To it brings an energy to the place you know it's funny like when we, when we first started winning it, our first couple of clients we used to get sent like bunches of flowers or bottles of tequila from other agencies <laughs> and then it carried on a bit and then it, a bit more and, and the, the flowers dried up um, you know look, I, I, I think um, I think we've perhaps mellowed become a bit more humble as yeah. we've, we've got yeah. older we've also stopped announcing our wins quite as much as we used to uh, uh-huh. you don't need that we'd much rather talk about the work than just the, the pictures that we win okay um and what's the what's the plan next? Because it, you know, in a way, you got off to a good start, um, but I suspect that you you, you you want a bit more. Yeah, but more of the same. Okay. Like I'm, I'm so happy doing what we're doing. Uh, Misha's happy. The team are happy, um, and I think it is resulting in good work. So right. I think carry on making good work, carry on winning good clients. But you're not, you know, you're not trying to go global or or, or launch and launch a public affairs arm. Or <laughs> look, I mean, we, we'll take any client's problem, okay. whether it's a public affairs problem, a corporate problem. I mean, I think it's probably a bit of a stretch to give us a, an investor relations problem. Right. But I think good creative minds can solve problems in a creative way. Um, are we going to launch a bunch of new divisions? I think that's a bit old hat. I right. think for us, it's about focusing what, on what we're really good at, which is making creative campaigns. So more of that. Um, in terms of global, uh, never say never. But right now, London's the best place to be. Okay. Hope that, hope you're still saying that in a couple of months' time. But uh, we won't go there. Um, and what about from yourself, your personal perspective? What's you know what, what do you want to? What's next for, for for Joe Mackay Sinclair? I think I'm still really, really enjoying writing work. Okay. Um, I think building a, a larger creative function is definitely something that any PR agency that's looking to compete in the next five years has to do. I think. What does that mean? Does that mean more more creative people? Yes. What, what, okay. Hundred percent. That's exactly what it means. Um, from different walks of life with different skill sets, I think. You know, I'm so bored of the endless can introspection where agency heads wax lyrical about why PR agencies didn't win enough awards. And the answer is so simple, because we don't hire creative people. We hire people that are incredibly good at media relations or, 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 or whatever. But I think when you're competing against an ad agency with 100 people in their creative department and you've got two, three, maybe none. Um, what do you expect? So I think for us, every bit of business will have a creative on it, always, as as a matter of fact. Um, and I think 
um, continuing in that vein. As we get bigger, it's just a necessity to, to be able to get more creatives in. Okay. It's interesting, that can issue, isn't it? Because you're one of the few who are as strong on that as that. So you don't see it as an issue about whether the type of work that PR people do in general is being compared like with like compared to what ad agencies are doing. You're squarely putting it down to the quality of the creative. Yes, okay. um, I think so. I think perhaps there is a, having having judged can in the past, I think there is, there is an element of not being able to tell a persuasive story in two minutes of video content right um obviously ad agencies perhaps have an advantage there um i think that's that's a relatively that should be overcomable though shouldn't it but but i'm surprised but we're 10 years in right i mean that should have changed by now you would have thought but the other thing i always find with creativity is it's a hard thing to judge isn't it because when you look at something in hindsight and you go well yeah i mean you know it it's how it's such a difficult thing to quantify i think it's a good point you know it'd be interesting to look back at the Can Archive from ten years ago yeah. for PR, if it even existed. Well, then, best job in the it. world. Let's take that one. It's still good. Yeah, it's still good, right? It's, it's, that's that's an interesting choice of word, though. It's brilliant. It's good. Is it that creative? I I, I could argue that either way. Well, I, I think at the time it really was, and it spawned a whole series oh, yeah. <laughs> of, of, of lookalikes, yeah, right? Definitely. So, but it, but that's what I mean. It's, I mean that. It, it's creative because somebody had to come up with that. Do you know what I mean? But it is. It's not like. It, it, that's what, it's a hard thing to judge creativity, isn't it? Because it's not, it, it's it's not like a a piece of technology or a science where you go, oh, that must have taken a, a huge amount of work. It might have just been a moment of, ah, oh, that's the idea, mm-hmm. which is which makes it a difficult thing to to maybe I don't know, in my opinion, judge. But so I, I always worry that you, it's a difficult debate to have because, in hindsight, so often great creativity seems obvious. Yeah. I, I think you're but, right, but only ever in hindsight. So I don't, I don't mean to diminish it because it's only in hindsight. Okay. I, to- I totally agree. I th- but I think there, there are those ideas where it's. I heard somebody describe them once as a as a kick the dog idea. <laughs> like you're, you're so pissed off that somebody had that idea that was standing totally. right in yeah. front of you that whole time. Yeah. You go home and kick the dog, and yeah. it, a bit like um. Remember when PlayStation did the Oxo Tower? Yeah, and we've been walking past that Oxo Tower for, for year after year after year, and somebody said, "Well, that looks a bit like a bit like the PlayStation logo, right?" It's like so simple, but it was only simple once. Yeah, somebody had done it. Yeah, true. And the other, even more irritating must be when you you pitch an idea and the the damn client doesn't buy it, um, and then a few years later you you see a very similar idea that comes up, which it may may be copycat, probably wasn't, but you know what I mean. So that's an even worse feeling, presumably. Well, I've, I've never had that one, Ben. Okay. <laughs> Jay McKay Sinclair, thank you very much. Cheers, mate. Thanks for listening to the PR Moment podcast, produced in association with the Marketeers Network. If you'd enjoyed the show, please do review us on iTunes and give us a decent rating.